Welcome to the Cultural Punch with your favorite host, Mr. Viviendas. Hello everyone and welcome to the first edition of the Cultural Bunch. In this episode we invited multiple experts in cultural topics to tell us more about this wonderful subject. We know during this quarantine one may feel lonelier, but let's remind ourselves that we are part of a community. The first guest we have with us today is William Sewell, a distinguished American academic that focuses on sociology and political science. He is going to tell us about culture. Good morning, Mr. Sewell. Good morning and thank you for having me. I'm not even sure on how to start with this complex subject. Just like Raymond Williams said, culture is one of the two or three most complicated words in the English language. We should start by stating that there are many definitions, depending on what we are studying. We could see culture as a system of symbols and relations that we give meaning to, or a series of practices that we, as humans, follow to express an identity. For the purposes of relating these concepts to the ones that we'll be talking about later, we will define culture as a set of customs and characteristics of a certain group passed from generation to generation. This gives the people in the community a feeling of belonging and a sense of identity. Culture is also shaped by the people identified with it and can be subjected to many changes along the years. The idea of culture has been gaining more relevance nowadays. As Joshua Rodman stated in his article, The Meaning of Culture, the word culture starts to gain more dominance than the word civilization. The idea of civilization was one of the system of efficient rational rules that required discipline. Culture implies the opposite, a form of expression of the human potential that was unpredictable and existed just for our own sake. We now prefer to talk about culture rather than civilization. However, culture can be affected by the way we are living our lives today. We are closer together than ever to other cultures. However, aspects like globalization can make some elements of culture disappear. Thank you so much for expanding into this subject. Certainly, culture is such an important aspect in the way we perceive our society nowadays. The following topics will delve deeper into the ways culture can interact in a society. It can be hard to understand everything that culture covers. So now let's go deeper into this topic and ask Charles Taylor, a Canadian philosopher, author of the book Multiculturalism and Politics of Recognition, to explain to us what exactly is multiculturalism. Well, the problem with finding multiculturalism is that sometimes the fact that in multiculturalism, the cultures coexist but do not interact is not explained. So it can be easily confused with interculturalism. In multiculturalism, different cultures and groups live in the same area but do not interact or have any contact with the other ones. Even though one place may have multiple people from different cultural backgrounds, it does not mean that they interact with one another. Diane Powell explains that multiculturalism tends to preserve a cultural heritage. However, I believe that in the long term, multiculturalism can affect the sense of identity and belonging of one's nation. When different cultures and groups do not interact or have any contact with each other, the community can begin to feel separated and the identity of the nation begins to become damaged. So what you are saying is that is it better for a society to have constant interaction with multiple cultural groups similar to where interculturalism is? Exactly. To have a strong community, we need strong cultural interaction. And for this to happen, there needs to exist recognition between the old and new cultures that are inhabiting a country. A nation existing solely in a multicultural state is bound to fail the objective of a rich, healthy cultural environment. But a nation where the inhabitants of different cultures interact with each other and share elements between them will form stronger bonds. As I am told, 
This idea of interculturalism is going to be explained by the next guest. Indeed, thank you very much. Now we will ask Professor Feti Mansuri, member of the UNESCO Chair in Comparative of Cultural Diversity and Social Justice, about how interculturalism and multiculturalism differ from each other, as people tend to confuse these two words sometimes. Yes, it is very common to confuse those two terms. However, we can say that interculturalism goes one step further. Interculturalism describes communities in which people have respect for all cultures and focuses on the mutual exchange of ideas. This can sometimes result in a fusion of those two cultures, where they learn and understand more about one another. Nowadays, thanks to globalization, the world has many opportunities to meet, travel and exchange ideas with others. However, this does not mean there is more understanding. Societies are faced with many challenges, such as intolerance, extremism and prejudice. So now, more than ever, we must indeed strengthen the values we share and recognize the destiny we hold in common. We need stronger media literacy and freedom of expression to ensure every woman and man can reject messages of hatred. We need a new focus on young people, on education for peace, for global citizenship, because young women and men are architects for the future we want for all. This is why safeguarding culture is far more than a cultural issue today. This is about peace building. Cultural diversity and intercultural dialogue are not a threat, they are an asset. Interculturalism creates a society with stronger bonds, and we should always protect that pride and identity that culture gives us. Thank you, Mr. Mansuri, for clearing up our minds. Last but not least, we invited Carlos Grande, philosophy teacher, to talk about otherness, a great topic for our actual situation. Oh man, thank you for having me today, Mr. Viviendas. Otherness is indeed a great topic for this whole pandemic situation. To understand the concept of otherness, first we need to remember two of the most important philosophers of all time, René Descartes and Emmanuel Levinas. So, for starters, we need to look for one vital Descartes concept, the cogito. The cogito can be defined as the only thing we can be certain about life, that we exist and are conscious beings. However, we can fall into the wrong idea that everything should be understood the way we perceive it. That is not the case. The other, everyone else that interacts with us, has a different way of seeing the world. To explain this, I'd like to use an example of a filled bottle of water, representing our mind. Our mind, just like the bottle, is shaped in a specific way, but when we try to comprehend someone else's point of view through our own perception, it spills over. Levinas stated that we are constantly changing due to the interactions with the other. They are shaping us and they mold us into our true self. Talking about how we can see otherness in the actual pandemic situation we're living in, we can say that the other has become everything outside our homes, but we need to remember that not because it is outside ourselves, it means it does not exist. There's a world outside us, and it is important to remember we belong to a community, a culture, that we need to protect and we need as well to remind the people around us how much they mean to us, especially during these lonely times. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. Hope you have liked our program and also thanks to our guest of today's show.